How do your children grieve the loss of the family that they no longer have? Whether you've experienced loss through a death or a divorce, what do you notice about how each of your children are grieving? How about you? Have you grieved the loss that you've lived through? In today's episode, number 83, we learn about the many stages of grief from our guest expert. If you're blended, that loss can take many forms that then become commingled with others' expectations for how you should behave in the face of blending. Here's the thing. There's no family like your family. Your family is beautifully unique and treasured by God, and His call for you and your family is going to look very different from anybody else's. Welcome to mission number five, where we encourage you to step back, take stock of where you are, and evaluate how the goals you're choosing to work on are impacted by the losses that you've experienced in previous relationships. A quick note about today's show. The full interview will be released Saturday, July 16th. Today's episode is intended to align with keeping each mission manageable and within about 20 minutes. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to mission number five and create a smarter goal that relates to your family's well-being. Who is your family becoming? What's God's call for you together? All right, let's get today's mission started. Meet Dr. David Knapp, father of eight, grandfather of 28, teacher and author of I Didn't Know What to Say. David has a deep desire to empower others in the grieving process. He confidently teaches others how to care for people dealing with loss. What makes David the expert in navigating grief? He's lived through so many losses. While we don't list the grief stages specifically in today's recording, David shares his story from the loss of his father in a farming accident when he was just 11 years old to blending his third family after losing his first two wives to cancer. We can hear the shock, the numbness, the denial, the panic, the questioning of how to navigate the loneliness, the complexities of raising our children. We can experience the guilt and isolation that often occur when we lose loved ones before healing comes. There are so many questions, including how to know what to say when others are experiencing loss. That's why we're so pleased to welcome Dr. David Knapp to Step Family Mission Possible. Hey there, you're listening to Step Family Mission Possible, the podcast for step families with a focus on step family couples building their legacy together. We know that blending families is hard, and your hosts, me, Jen Rogers, along with my husband, Bill, are determined to make it easier. It's time to turn Step Family Chaos into Step Family Mission Possible together, so you can stop feeling that pit in your stomach on Transition Day and start celebrating all the reasons why you are exactly in the right place right now. David, welcome to Step Family Mission Possible. You are the first grief expert that we have had on the show. And when I say grief expert, I mean someone who recognizes the importance of reaching out to people who are hurting. And we know in blended families, there's a lot of hurt that kicks off the new family relationship. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Thank you very much. It's indeed my privilege 
My personal experience includes not only being a part of a blended family growing up as a result of death. My dad was killed in a farming accident and then my mom remarried. But then also my experience in blending myself was as a result of death. My first wife died. My second wife was a widow herself. Grief and death and loss was, has been a major part of my experience in the blending process, whether it be as a young man in high school or my own. As a result of that, especially after my second wife died, I found myself being bombarded by so many people. Tell us, what did you learn and what's involved in that? God has given me the impact. Actually, he, he actually said to me one day after my second wife died, don't hoard your lessons. So I knew I needed to step forward and be a help to other people. When you're in the middle of the hurt, it doesn't feel like something that you're going to share with somebody. So how did you feel when you experienced all of this loss? Maybe starting with your dad and the farming accident. I was 11 when my dad was accidentally killed. My mom had my youngest brother who was number five in the family a week after my dad's funeral. So we had a lot of trauma and change going on at that time, which in the Christian community in our area drew a lot of attention. And so there was actually, I believe, because of my mom's grief that I observed and participated in actually some, not a lot as a boy, but somewhat, I saw the attention needed, even, the, even as a kid, the attention needed to deal with hurts and how she did dealt with it. And so it put us in the spotlight a little bit and we didn't feel isolated. We felt held up because we were a part of a strong Christian group at the church and also of an extended family that was all nearby to support us. So dealing with the loss actually became part of how we lived. I know some, there are some families, some people that they just sneak past the grief and get on with life because it hurts so much, but we actually didn't do that. And so consequently, when my first wife died of cancer, leaving me with four um, children, the youngest was 11, the oldest was uh, 16. Um, actually found myself at that time, I was the president of a Bible college and had a lot of contacts of other people. And I got counsel real early in that grieving process to by a, another gentleman. His counsel was to lean into your grief, mm. lean into it. Wow. That's, it's easier not to do that. Yeah. It's easier to try to get past it as quickly as possible. And he says, no, you want to be on the other end of your grief. You want to be whole. You don't want to be someone who's just grinning and bearing it. So I had good counsel and good advice. So whenever we, it came time for us to blend my second wife and I to blend, she too had similar experience of grieving well with a lot of support around her. And so we would talk openly about uh, our losses. And we observed, watched our kids and realized that not all eight of those kids, she had four, I had four, they were all teenagers when we got together. We kept an eye on, we realized that not each of them was handling 
even the loss of their parent, the same. And we needed to help them or give leeway to them for that process. And part of the grieving that took place when we blended was actually the blend because the blend also brought closure to the previous family that they had lost because their parent had died. It's called compound grief that we were dealing with, not only individually, but as as family. I asked David, what was it like for you when you were reflecting on the loss that you experienced as an 11-year-old, and now you're the adult in this situation, and you have four kids to share the news that their mom has passed away? My mind was full of details, and I was my mind was racing through, because I had four kids to tell that their mommy had died. I told them as a group, and then I met, went in the bedroom, their, each of their room, and talked to them individually, because I knew that they needed to have the freedom to cry, to release that pain. That's some of what I was thinking is, what should we do here so that it's going to be the right way of handling the loss, the grief? And and each of them handled it differently. The two older ones seemed to do better. The third born was actually didn't handle it quite as well. Then the, and of course, Aaron was just, the youngest was just 11. He, he was only able to deal with it because children, particularly under the age of 12, are emotionally not developed enough to handle the grief as much and as long as adults. And so they have to have the freedom to grieve in spurts when they can. And just because they don't have long sobbing spells like adults do doesn't mean they're not grieving properly. So what would you recommend to the step-parent who is in that situation where they've just recently blended and they're dealing with the loss? What would you recommend that blended parents take into consideration to acknowledge that grief? Some of it we found is having the freedom to talk about the lost individual, the parent, whether it be a mom or a dad, for their name to be, have the freedom to be brought up at the dinner table or even in passing and lightheartedness, just having that freedom for their name to be brought up when possible, even if it's not in a loss situation, even, even talking about something around the table that's lighthearted and say, oh yeah, your mom used to say that, or, you know, that type of stuff. Instead of their name or their memory being blocked and taboo in general conversation, there needs to be the freedom for it to, um, that they're still, uh, they were, they're still a member of the family that's lost and they didn't do anything wrong by dying. It wasn't their fault. And so you don't hold it against them by isolating them from memory. And so just having the freedom to talk about them freely, oftentimes will release that opportunity for a, a child to even say, I sure miss them. And that's a good thing whenever that's the freedom is there to express that. In Paul's instructions for Christian households, he reminds us of the importance of honoring God's design for marriage. The important aspects are the husband is the spiritual leader of the household and the wife is the helpmate. And together they are the dynamic duo. So as the dynamic duo, 
it's important to know where to start with all of this. So I asked David, hey, what recommendations would you have for the spiritual leader of the household? Because essentially, it's a recommendation for the couple as a whole to ensure that they're on the same page working together to create their new family in a beautiful way. Here's what David had to say. One time, my wife needed the aid of a chiropractor. A friend of ours recommended this particular chiropractor. And so we went to him and it turned out that he was in the throes of blending families. There were six kids involved in his blend when he realized our story. And he looked at me and he asked me that question. What would you tell me? I started with the part about monitoring relationships. I says, your role begins, of course, in not being a fake. You have, because your new family, are, they're going to be watching you. And the, you yourself have to remain consistent with your walk with God. You can't suddenly become less or more than what you, who you are. Your relationship with the Lord needs to be constant. Because I've known some that actually um, put their heels in and feel like, now I've got this big responsibility. I have to be more of a tyrant. No, that's not, no, that's not who you were. And that's not a definition of how God has been working in your life. You need to stay constant. And then the second thing I pointed out to him was the value of monitoring the relationship of everybody in the family, including each one's real walk with God and be available or even guiding whether directly or indirectly, that particular person's relationship with the Lord. And, and along with that, of course, includes praying specifically for that particular member of the family, what their need is, what their walk with the Lord is, and what needs, where they're headed. And by being that specific, because you're monitoring it, you'll find yourself realizing results in the family atmosphere for sure. And I guess if I ask you what the third thing was, it probably would be rituals and creating those traditions right from the get-go. Is that right? Exactly. And, and it, it, this is where the husband and wife communication is very vital. Anytime you have a, a second marriage, the tendency for both is to assume new, assume the same. Okay. Now I'm married again. I'll be able to get back to this. No, it's the, that's really not how it works. Both have to realize it. it's similar to even when you have a husband and wife that the marriage is falling apart. And one of them says, I just want things to be back the way they were. And my response to that is, no, you don't. That's how I got to where you are now. You have to start over. And so you have to have new you're creating a new family, so there needs to be some new. So it, the word compromise is too loose of a word. Okay, you, you have to communicate what would be something that we're both common with. For example, both of our fam, both Judith and I had a quote unquote ritual that when everybody's home, that everybody sat down and ate at the table together. None of this coming through cafeteria style. The only meal that was cafeteria style was sometimes breakfast. Everybody sat down at the same time and had a meal. And both of our families had done that before. So it was an easy blend and it became a very important one. 
that's just a simple thing. Another one had to do with, of course, holidays, learning how you celebrate holidays and what's expected, all those kind of things. And again, that's where our communication was similar because we had some holidays, but at the same time, having the freedom to maybe do things different. Yeah, this open communication between the husband and wife on some of those issues is vital. I'd even recommend, and I didn't do this a whole lot, even on some situations having, we had family meetings and would discuss things as a group. And that was usually chaotic because I had so many, but, and I didn't do it a lot, but I've known of many, many that they found that to be very beneficial for the kids to at least feel like they had a, a somewhat of a say, even though dad's a the boss, they still had somewhat of a say and they could be heard. Let's pop all of this wisdom into a smarter goal. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Here's what it could look like. S. Over the next several months, we will create opportunities for our children to have open conversations about the loss we've experienced due to death or divorce so we can build trust, pray specifically for our kids, and grow stronger together as a family. That's pretty specific. M. Measurable. In the next 90 days, will be attentive to the kids' emotions and conversations, spending about 30 minutes of focus time per day with this in mind when the kids are in our home. A. Action-oriented. We'll take some notes three times a week about what we have observed, and we'll pray for our children daily. R. We'll choose vulnerability. That's the risky part to letting out some of those emotions and sharing them in an environment where it feels a little tricky. We'll choose that vulnerability and create space for our kids to have the freedom to talk about their parent without judgment. T, time bound. The next 90 days, we're taking notes three times a week and we're praying each day. E, exciting or what pushes us out of our comfort zone. Being vulnerable in this way is a bit uncomfortable. R. Relevant. It's relevant to our overall family well-being. It builds trust for our family. So that smarter framework ends up with this specific goal of these next few months creating opportunities for our kiddos to have these open conversations about the losses and the hurt that they have over the transitions from loss of one family in one form to creating a new family in a new form. And the purpose of that is to grow stronger together as a family. If you need to revisit that smarter framework, listen into episode number 80 and download the guide from mission number three. I've got that linked for you in the show notes. You know, when you get a little piece of something and you know there's more to go along with it, Well, there's definitely more that goes along with today's interview with Dr. David Knapp, and we'll release the full interview this Saturday, July 16th. So there's lots more goodness where this came from and lots more insights and guidance on how you can navigate the loss that you may be experiencing as you're creating your new blended family. Look, this stuff, it's not easy. We know it's not easy. So come on into the Facebook group. Bring your questions with you. Dr. Knapp is inside the Facebook group, and I know he would be honored to respond to the questions that you have for him. All right, family, go get that smarter goal from mission number five. We'll catch you next time.